0: Now, tune in to the Storm Tracker podcast. Welcome back family to the Storm Tracker podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy Frank Tucker from the crib, South Florida. This is our weekly podcast at the crib make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com for free use the promo code miami30 also subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and frank obviously we're we're really deep into transfer portal recruiting It's, it's that season right now and i think the question for me is the main position in football and that's quarterback you know, uh, quarterback as far as the transfer portal, and quarterback as far as the recruiting class as well. Of course, Miami has one quarterback committed in Judd Anderson. Interested, maybe in, in Cedric Bailey, uh, at, as a as a recruit, maybe to flip from NC State. And there's several options in the transfer portal as well, but. First, let's talk about Cedric Bailey, Frank. Is this going to be something that actually does come to fruition where Miami flips the Wolf Pack commit? Or do you think they really just kind of stick it out with Judd Anderson and just kind of hope for the best here?
1: I think that the goal here is to obviously flip Cedric Bailey for Miami, just quarter depth quarterback depth-wise going into next season, you're going to need two quarterbacks in this class. And I don't feel like they they love any of the other quarterback evaluations in that 2024 class, like a Michael Van Buren who might be an option or somebody along those lines that could be available. So I, I think the goal here for this staff is to get him, especially as a nuts and bolts type guy, a guy who could you know come in and be a team leader type player after a, a potential bridge guy, out of the portal for this year, comes in and leaves, he'd be a perfect fit for that, like a Ja'Corey Harris type guy who in his second year kind of takes the reins and, and develops into the quarterback of the future for Miami. Now on Cedric Bailey's side, I think there's got to be a conversation of, is Miami the right school for me? Right, Miami didn't offer until about 30 days uh, before early signing day. That was an offer that he was waiting for. He grew up a Miami Hurricanes fan. He has been around the program with with Rod Mack uh, since he was a kid visiting. Uh, it, it was, you know, we did an article on that Purple Machine group, uh, like about a what was it, about a year and a half ago, almost uh, on the potential. And-
0: Looks like uh, we lost Frank here. Uh, He was talking about uh, an article that we did where we kind of highlighted the Purple Machine group where it's just a a number of players that played for the legendary youth football team that one are now part of the current Miami 2024 class. And Cedric Bailey obviously is one of those members as well as, well as you know, top target, top player or prospect in, in all the land for 2024 in Jeremiah Smith as well. So obviously it could be an in to get Jeremiah Smith. Uh, we're watching highlights of Cedric Bailey here uh, and some of these passes, of course, are to his longtime friend, Jeremiah Smith, as well as Jojo Trader as well. Yeah, and, and just going back to what I was saying, you know, Miami's just got to be able to convince C.J. that
1: he's a wanted player in this class and not someone that they're just trying to piggyback off to, to get J.J. and keep Chance and JoJo in the class before early signing day comes around. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be the challenge for Miami over, over the, these next, you know, 14 days. Uh, you got to be able to convince C.J. Bailey that he's, a potential quarterback of the future here at the University of Miami. And, and I think that the relationship with Shannon Dawson is definitely developing. Um, I think that they've definitely let him know that his recruitment is independent uh, of Jeremiah Smith. But listen, when when you come in this late in the game, there's always going to be question marks from a kid. It, it's just, why now? Why are you waiting this late? Right? This is something where I, he's he's almost a 30-win quarterback on the high school level three-time state champion. all right, has has done it has done it time and time again in big games, right? Just this season knocked off Miami Central, knocked off a few, you know, out of state teams that were top 25 ranked teams nationally, all right? And, and is going to win a third consecutive state championship like I said, going to break countless Broward County passing records. Um and, and listen has has been able to rally uh, you know, guys around him to have huge seasons. Jeremiah Smith is back-to-back thousand yard receiver, uh, back-to-back 20 touchdown campaigns. JoJo uh, Trader is going to be back-to-back 750 yard seasons. You know, going to have probably 20 touchdowns over the last two years. So just overall, he, he's the guy that brings everybody together. He's a team leader. Everybody rallies around CJ. So I feel like the goal here is to get CJ in the class and grab a top option out of the portal. And I think that's what Miami's going to do.
0: They need to do it because quarterback has been a situation, you know. And I, I think Miami pretty much has all the pieces to have a national championship title contender. Uh, because it, it, one of the one of the uh, the things that were evident to me was that they could compete against a Florida State and and a, in a Louisville as well. But the quarterback situation. Of course, takes you to a whole nother level. Of course, we saw that in the playoff uh, you know, uh selection committee that, you know, with, with Jordan Travis not not uh available, they, they thought, okay, well, this team is not championship worthy, which I tend to agree that the, the I mean, whether you agree with the decision or not, I agree with that notion that the quarterback is that significant for a football team because you know that that offense didn't didn't look very good although you've got you know uh, an NFL running back a uh, couple of NFL receivers some top offensive linemen on that team perhaps in the NFL tight end as well uh but if you don't have a guy distributing the ball making good decisions and moving the chains then it's all for naught so that that that's the one thing for me that Miami I think needs to put all their cards in as far as, you know, either trying to get a quarterback from the transfer portal or through recruiting because all the all these other position groups are going to suffer if you don't have the quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 just going back to CJ, you know, there's probably going to be an in-home visit, you know, happening, you know, here soon. Um, I think that he's going to take a visit that last weekend before early signing day where they are going to bring in that last high school contingent uh, before, you know, the, you know, the final weekend of that early sun, you know, before everybody, the the portal before the window closes for visits and the dead period begins. And I think DJ will be part of that visiting group and that'll be the final factor. So if he flips, it probably doesn't happen until maybe like right before early signing day or day of, so everybody expecting him to make a decision right now don't don't hold your breath probably won't happen until the very last minute because listen miami didn't offer until about 30 days before early signing day right and so it's not an automatic flip because the relationship wasn't really there beforehand um so you know i'd be looking for that uh around early signing day and quarterback wise in the portal listen the big name that we heard early on, especially with the money numbers being thrown out for NIL, was Cam Ward from Washington State. The, the interesting thing about him is you have all these top options, right? Ohio State and Oregon and Washington and, 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 and Miami and Florida State. Everybody's going after him. He's option number one for a majority of teams out of the portal. But he could go to the NFL draft, too and there's rumors that he is still considering that option if he gets a top three round grade he probably goes probably goes to the NFL draft Uh, especially with a class where like Quinn Ewers isn't going to go Shador Sanders isn't going to go you you know it's Riley Leonard isn't going to go to the NFL draft you you don't have as deep of a quarterback class no Michael Pratt in in the NFL draft most likely as well you know so I, I expect Expect him to, to be the top option for a lot of teams. And I don't expect him to end up at Miami. I, I know that, you know, Miami fans kind of pigeonholed him as, as option number one very early on because of early reports. But I do not do not foresee him being the guy. I think he ends up going to a bigger stage, I guess you could say. Um, another interesting name for me, Dante Moore. Uh, and he's throwing out the, the Miami name on his own. It's not even, you know, it's, it's not even really just like people are speculating that Miami would be a fit. He's saying that Miami is one of the schools that he's interested in. So uh, I I like that idea. And I think that people got to understand that when the quarterback dominoes start falling, that's when things get more realistic, right? Does Aiden Childs go to Michigan State, right? Does Michigan not really go to the portal? Do they just rely on their guys that they have in the program? Does J.J. McCarthy stay at Michigan for another year? That could lead Dante Moore out of going to his home state, right? Does USC – grab a Dylan Gabriel, all yes. right? Does, nice. does a Kyle McCord go to Nebraska, right? Does does, does DJ Ululele go to FSU, or does he choose Oregon to go play with his brother? All right, like all these – Will Howard. Where does Will Howard end up, right? Like all these things, all these quarterback dominoes have to fall, and then you get a better idea of where things are going to go. Because, uh, you know, I personally think Will Rogers is going to end up at, at Washington based on what everything that is coming out. Right. Usually predictions aren't made on any portal kids without real big, you know, real strong intel on a kid going there. So I foresee him probably going to Washington. I don't think that he comes to Miami. And I think that's the best thing to happen for Miami. I put an article out uh, talking about his potential fit at Miami. And yes, he's extremely productive. And there were conversations um, with Miami on Will Rogers. But I, I just I do not feel like he was a fit at the University of Miami, you know, despite him being a veteran option. I just I after what he did this year, there was a huge drop off in production after, you know, losing, uh, you know, Mike Leach, who's one of the best offensive coaches in college football. And if you look at his production against many of the top teams in college football, it didn't match up to. Twelve thousand plus passing yards in his career, it was more so against the, the lesser teams in his schedule. And I don't really want another Tyler Van Dyke situation where we got a guy who can throw 300 yards against, you know, the the teams that have barely a pulse. But, you know, when it came crunch time in a big game, he's not there. Uh, So I don't think that Miami, I still think that there's potential that Miami's quarterback is not in the portal yet. Right. Mm. Still watch for Michael Pratt, that Notre Dame, you know, that, you know, Notre Dame is is looking like it's not going to be an option for Pratt. I don't think he goes to the NFL draft because I don't think his grades going to be high enough. I know the senior bowl has extended out an invitation. From what I saw, he hasn't accepted it yet. He would just posted that he was invited to the senior bowl. So uh, yeah. I don't necessarily think he's a lock to go into the NFL draft. It doesn't look like Notre Dame is going to be an option for him anymore. And a return to South Florida would not be shocking to me. Another interesting name for me is the James Madison quarterback, Jordan McLeod. He's a yeah. dual threat guy. Had a really good season this year. Helped James Madison have a near undefeated type season. So he's he's a name I'd be watching for as well because I, I think that Miami is going to go after a quarterback that has some more mobility. And and we talked about this in the last podcast that Miami's going to kind of change it up from the Tyler Van Dyke mold. And that's why I felt like a Tyler Shue who ended up going to Louisville wasn't going to be a fit. That's why I didn't really feel like a Will Rogers would be a fit. You got to have somebody that has some legs underneath him to make some things happen in this offense, outside of just being a passer. And, and you know, guys like Will Howard, guys like Dante Moore is not a dual threat by any stretch of the imagination, but the kid can move a little bit. He's gonna at least move the pocket. And, and I feel like another reason he's he's intriguing to me is the possibility for to have him for three plus years. Yeah. Does that hurt? Does that hurt things with Emory Williams? It, it could. <laughs> He could get pulled into the portal if you get a Dante Moore in there, right? Sure. So I don't know if that's the route that would be the best, but it is intriguing to me. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot of quarterback options, but we do have quarterbacks on the roster here, one being Jakari Brown. And obviously Jakari Brown's going to play in this bowl game coming up, pinstripe bowl uh, scheduled for the last week of December, Thursday, uh, December 28th, Thursday at uh, 2.15 at Yankee Stadium against Rutgers. But um, any chance do you think he stays? Because, you know, he is a dual threat, right? He, he He is probably one of the more dynamic players as far as his running ability in the entire country. Just have to fix the throwing part and the decision-making part. Do you think Jakari Brown would, would, would take a risk and, and, and stay with the program for another year? Or is this bowl game really just, I guess, you know, a promotion for him, for other teams? I think it's an audition for him,
1: uh, not only at Miami, but for other teams, like you said. And I think that it really depends on what Miami does in the portal. Say Miami strikes out in the portal and they just grabbed C.J. Bailey and Judd Anderson, yeah, there's potential for him to stay. Miami could probably try to convince him to stay within the program. He does know the offense. He has now has a year under Shannon Dawson. But from what you know, you see on social media, his reaction to fans, and and just what we're, we were kind of hearing this year, and just how Shannon Dawson did not really want to put him in the game until it happened where Tyler Van Dyke's no longer on the roster and Emory Williams breaks his arm, I don't think that he does stay. It, it's it seems he's not a Florida kid. I could foresee him trying to go back home to like a Georgia Tech or or or, or uh, you know a Georgia State or somebody like that in the area where he you know is from. And and, and I don't feel like Miami's the best fit for him. And I, I don't feel like yes Miami wants a dual threat quarterback there, but I also want a guy that can competently run an air raid attack, and that means you got to be able to throw the football. And there's been some accuracy issues for Ja'Kari Brown. And, hey, listen, maybe he comes out and completes 80% of his passes on 30, 35 throws in the bowl game, and we're like, whoa, where did this Ja'Kari Brown come from? And that changes things, right? And then you have a Jalen Milroe situation potentially going into next season, right, where he's a better fit uh, for the offense than guys who they felt were, were better passers were, right? And, and and then you have a situation where maybe Ja'Kari Brown's could be for a Heisman, right? But it, just from what we've seen so far, yes, I know it says he's completed sixty percent of his passes, but it it has not been uh, it's not been pretty when he's throwing the football. So we'll see what happens. Because uh, outside of the Georgia Tech game last year, there haven't been a lot of bright spots. I guess outside of him being a Wildcat quarterback. So I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna hold my breath on on the idea of him being the quarterback of the future. But hey, listen, let's let's hope that he's the answer because if we don't have to go into the portal right that nil money that is allotted for a quarterback out of the portal can go to other spots right maybe maybe you can go get an evan stewart if he goes into the portal which would be massive and a massive upgrade at the wide receiver position maybe you can go get a walter nolan and a shamar stewart out of texas a&m right maybe you can Maybe you can intrigue another, uh, you know, offensive line, top offensive lineman to come in like they did with J.B. on Cohen. All those things become possibilities if you don't have to pay a quarterback $1.5 million, which is what, you know, even guys (laughs) like Matt Rule are saying the going rate is for a starting quarterback out of the portal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love for Jakari Brown to kind of take this next step because as, as I'm looking at this highlights, I'm reminded of, just how dynamic he is as a runner. Now throwing the football, I mean, he he needs some work, and he he definitely needs to improve in that area. Not just accuracy wise, but just decision making. You know, you kind of want to see him go through his his progressions. Uh, you want to see him throw a better deep ball. You want to see him, you know, throw a dime across the middle to uh, a, a streaking Restrepo or a Jacoby George or something like that the talent is there, you know, for, for, for Jakari Brown. So you kind of just want to see that in the next level. And that, and we get an opportunity to see that in the bowl game, which I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, the situation has kind of fallen to where it is where you have to play Jakari Brown, because he's the only scholarship quarterback left on the roster that's healthy but then you have the situation with emery williams right um you know if if it, if we go into spring and and you know emery williams beats him out again uh for the backup quarterback job then you you got to think when when the the window opens again when it does in in, in the later part of the spring that Brown would definitely exit by that point if he loses the job again. So it's definitely an intriguing storyline to kind of watch here. But for me, I, I'm actually hoping that Jakari Brown plays extremely well in this bowl game and decides to stay and, you know, takes over the job because Emery Williams is, is a great quarterback. I mean, we saw that against Florida State. And, you know, in bits and pieces in other games, but he doesn't have this dynamic dual threat ability, which, you know, most successful quarterbacks on this level of FBS football have. And, you know, we saw that with, of course, the Jordan Travises, the Drake Mays of the world. So I think um, the upside is just so much higher. With Jakari brown so i'm hoping that he takes that next step um in the bowl game and stays and and into spring but he made he may of course decide to to leave and seek greener pastures absolutely yeah, yeah. that's that's what i expect that's what i expect to happen I, so we'll see i guess yeah um the other options that that we have to kind of start looking at is safety because both of these starting safeties will be opting for the NFL, like we thought, uh, Cameron Kitchens and James Williams. So you have a couple of voids there uh, when it comes to the safety position, right? Um, just kind of naturally, yeah. You got a, a Jaden Harris, and then you got a Marquise uh, Williams who who are still on the roster here, but that that's that's not enough, especially if one of those two guys gets hurt. You know, we we saw. You know, the the year previously that James Williams was battling an injury. And then, of course, Cam had his injuries this season. So the safety position to me becomes a direct, uh, you know, area of concern here. So when it comes to safety, whether it be the portal or the recruiting class, how do you feel about the safety position going forward with the absence now of your two Top guys going for the info. Oh, I think that they're going to
1: add too. I mean, I know you're bringing in Zaquan Patterson. Isaiah Thomas is probably going to need a year uh, to to really get back, um, just because of the injury. He hasn't really played in two years. I think Ryan. I think Ryan Mack is going to be more of a nickel type player. Um, OJ Frederick. Uh, he's a guy that has intriguing potential at both spots. But and then if you add Isaiah Mincy, obviously he's going to be you know a guy that plays either spots. But they're going to they're gonna hit the portal for at least two guys. Philip Dunham is an intriguing name for me that I've spoke about before because he's a South Florida native, had a really good year this year. Um, you know, Clemson's starting safety um, just entered the portal. He, he, he's been in the the he's been the starting safety for for Clemson for two years now. <laughs> so that that's a, that's an name I'd be watching. I you know Andrew Mikuba, uh I, Listen, we'll see what happens. Right, like they're gonna have upwards of multiple guys visiting this weekend um and, and i would not be surprised if uh, both of the safeties that enter the portal from indiana end up being guys that they reach out to uh we heard that bandy safety um that entered the portal is gonna is a guy that you know they're talking to he's gonna get an he's gonna make an official visit to the university of miami so i, I think that at minimum they're gonna take two i think that they take a quarter cornerback as well um I think that there might be even a corner that's not even in the portal just yet that could end up at the university of Miami. Um, so just watch out for that. Um, I, I, I don't think that linebacker is going to be a spot that they hit very much. They're going to hit at least one defensive tackle. Uh, they did just offer a receiver, which was a little surprising for me. I know that there's a ton of receiver talent that is in the portal right now. Um, and they did offer that Division II offensive tackle that everybody seems to be after. So um, I guess we're, we're going to see what happens at safety, but I know for a fact there's going to be two guys that they're going to be trying to get out of the portal uh, in, in this window.
0: Yeah, it kind of broke up a little bit for me on my end. I'm not sure if the listeners uh, you know, heard it, but you said uh, some players would be visiting this weekend possibly? Yeah, yeah. They, this is going to be the weekend where
1: they bring in guys from the portal. Uh, So this is going to be the portal visit weekend for the University of Miami. Um, So just watch out uh, on Keynes County for us, you know, putting a list out on those guys. Um, And then, listen, next weekend is going to be the high school weekend. They are focusing on the portal this week. This This is where they're trying to get this done before early signing day, have some big momentum going into that period. Because, listen, if you can get momentum out of the portal, it can help finish this class. Right. Say you, you're able to grab a C.J. Bailey and a quarterback out of the portal that might help out with a Jeremiah Smith and getting him to come to the University of Miami. So overall and safety, I think that they're going to add two. like I sure. said, um, Philip Dunham is, is my guy that I would love to see at the University of Miami based on what he did at Indiana.
0: Yeah, I love Philip Dunham, uh, obviously from my alma mater, North Miami Beach. so uh, It'd be nice to see another NMB player uh play at the u uh speaking of high school man uh like we try to talk about on every podcast here at the crib uh it's championship week here and um you know um i'm pretty sure you think it's going to be a clean sweep of 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 south florida teams we've got columbus uh we've got saint thomas actually playing homestead um and we've got of course chamanon is gonna, you know, we expect, of course, to blow the doors off of uh, Clearwater Central Catholic. And then we got Norland as well uh, in the mix here. So uh, I think it's going to be a clean sweep of South Florida of all the games that have South Florida teams. I think uh, the South Florida teams will come away with with championship championships this week. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on the state championships, state championship games? And who do you expect as far as Miami targets or 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 commits to have big games in, in the championship games? Let's start off
1: with one M, right? You got Shamanad versus Clearwater Central Catholic. That's going to be a better game than people think, but it's still going to be a blowout if you're a betting man. Uh, take 20 and a half on that one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Chaminade's going to gonna do what they do. Uh, Jeremiah Smith's going to finish off his high school career strong. I think Josiah Trader has a really big game as well. They are dealing with some injuries, um, you know, on, on different parts of the team. Zaquon Patterson, I feel, is going to take a huge role in that safety position because, uh, you know, they, they have some injuries at the safety spot. CJ Ewald, expect him to, you know, have.
0: Can't hear you. Still can't hear you. <laughs> I heard uh, you said something about CJ Ewald. Um, you expect him to have a big game, um, CJ Ewald. Committed to Michigan right now, uh, I think is is a player that Miami should definitely watch for the 2025 class. But I, I'm I'm gonna disagree with Frank here. I, I think it's gonna be an absolute blowout. I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, possibly a running clock towards the second half, a uh, third third quarter, or or maybe maybe they extend it to the fourth quarter. But I doubt it. But I think yeah, this I think this. The team is machine, and I think they're on a mission. I think they're out to prove that they're the number one team, not only in Florida, but in the entire nation, and I think they're going to get that opportunity and stage against such Clearwater Central Catholic.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry about that technical difficulties, guys. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I think that Miami contingent at Chaminade is going to have a huge game, and I think it's going to be a big win for Chaminade um, in their eighth consecutive state championship appearance <laughs> for damon jones huge huge dynasty uh progression over there at chaminade and i think it's going to be big for miami going forward because they do have some guys in the 25 26 and 27 classes that i think are going to end up potentially being miami hurricanes as well um and 2m you got norland versus um they got berkeley berkeley prep who shocked american heritage last I week that. Uh, which was I, I could not believe that they that they won that game, but you know that coaching staff did a really good job of being bringing, bringing pressure and containing that American explosive American heritage offense. Um, not too many Miami targets in this game, but listen, Enyo Yapor, who I think is is in the conversation for the top quarterback in the state of Florida for 2025, top 10 dual threat guy um, in that 2025 class. We know he's gonna have a big game. He, he broke the Miami Day pack. Miami-Dade County passing record uh, as a junior. And listen, I I think that Larry Tarver and Jamari Howard are going to show why they're four-star prospects and why Miami probably should have been going after those two guys. They were really talented blue chip kids going to power five programs and being pursued by some of the best teams in the country. So I feel like those are going to be the three guys for me that are going to be the difference maker in that one. And then a 3M, you got a South Florida matchup in Tallahassee St. Thomas Aquinas versus Homestead. This is going to be another opportunity for Cortez Mills to show his stuff against one of the best teams in the country. He's going to be going against Ryan Mack and OJ Frederick. So we're going to be seeing two of Miami's cornerback commits in that 24 class, going against the best receiver in the state and in the conversation for the country in 2025 in Cortez Mills. So love to see that matchup. Um, Jordan Lyle. Uh, had a huge game against Homestead last year. It was kind of a breakout type game for him because, you know, if you really go look at Jordan Lyle, he didn't even have a hundred carries last year. So, you know, he had some games where he had a hundred yards and things like that, but his real moment where he just took the reins at St. Thomas Aquinas was that state championship game in my opinion. And sure. I think he's going to probably have a repeat of that performance. And, you know, I know people are going to ask what's going on with Jordan Lyle in Miami. Well, listen, Ohio State's doing whatever they can to keep him in that class. He's not going to make a decision until after the season concludes, um, and, and that that means that well, that last week and a half, uh, you know, or so is going to be vital for Miami to stay in the race for Jordan Lyle. I still am predicting a, a flip for Jordan Lyle. Um, from what I told, it's basically a done deal, um, and that's and that's somebody that I trust. So I, I, I love where Miami's sitting at there with Jordan Lyle and. I think that he ends up being in this class with Kevin Riley, giving them arguably the top running back tandem in the country for the class. Um, And then last but not least, we got Columbus who proved me wrong all year long. Not my Western Wildcats, my alma mater. I told you
0: about Columbus. Columbus. I've been trying to tell you about him all year, man, but I, I, I understand you're a Homer. I get it. I get it. And I'm sorry that they, you know, couldn't advance, but you know, Columbus is Columbus, man, that coaching staff, is one of the best in South Florida, and they proved it once again.
1: Yeah, so Dylan Russell, I I know people have had questions about him as a fit in this class. I watched him in person. He was the most dominant player on the field when they played Western. And and I feel like he's kind of turned it up in the playoffs, and and he's become a really good player. Any questions about size, no need for it. He's a legit 6'2", 285, 290-pound player. Uh, who's going to be a three technique at the University of Miami. And he's,
0: he's oh, going to be a guy on the outside in that game.
1: He was, but he, but listen, they utilize him in like a four eye type role a lot of the time. Um, you know, and he is just, he's one of those guys that can just dominate the run game. It, it's not necessarily as a pass rusher all the time, but he can, you know, just and in a high school offensive lineman, it's obviously a little bit different than when you're going against 330 pound, 320 pound guys at the college level. But what he does as a run stopper, hand placement, extension. He has really good length uh, as a shorter guy from his arms. Uh, and and his lower body strength is there comparable to guys that are much bigger than him. So I, he's a violent player in the trenches. I think he's going to be a very good player. Has three technique at the University of Miami that can play 4-I if needed to. Really good positional versatility based on his experience at Columbus. Um and listen, I think he's gonna have a big game against Mandarin because I watched Mandarin's offensive line outside of Derek Plaz. It's not, it's not great. It's not great, but it's gonna be fun to see him going against Derek Plaz because he does play defensive end on the high school level. I got to see Derek Plaz. He's really good in pass pro. Is gonna have to put some weight on, some, you know, some, when he gets to the University of Miami. He's probably a little bit closer to 280, 285 pounds right now. Legit six four, six five, and and just. Fits the mold from what you want an offensive tackle to look like. Uh, so, listen, that's that's going to be the matchup I'm looking for. Hector Chavez is also another player to watch number ten for Columbus, the middle linebacker, oh, the elite man. elite player. Uh, you and I both love him. And um, yeah, it, Alberto Mendoza. What does he do? Is he does he have a huge performance against the Mandarin team that is loaded in the defensive backfield? where Miami has to flip a switch and be like, listen, we got to take this guy. If we don't get CJ Bailey, that would be something that I would be intrigued about. He has visited before. Uh, you know, he's the guy that wanted to end up at the university of Miami. Um, so, yeah. so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. The fact that he decommitted, uh, the, the, this week to, from JMU was, was very intriguing to me as well. Um, you know, some, you know, work out at the university of Miami a few, a few weeks back, uh, well, during the summer uh, this season has been flying by. Um, so definitely impressed with him. Always have been impressed with him. Um, his brother's tearing it up already um, at Cal. So causing players to transfer out of there. Uh, so uh, the the pedigree is obviously there for Mendoza. Um, so big fan. Hopefully Columbus does indeed, you know, um, it's the only one for me, I think, that it may be a question uh, because I know Mandarin's a really good team. You saw them in person. Uh, what What do you think? Do you think Mandarin has a chance? Do you think it's going to be a close game, or do you think Columbus is just going to kind of take over here?
1: Oh, This is going to be a good game because Jamie French is a bad boy. There's a reason he's committed to Alabama. His,
0: and Miami's still interested in, in French. From what I yeah, heard. yeah, they're still interested. It's just
1: going to be a tough one because he is – He's going to be wanted by everybody. I think everybody in the country is going to have interest in that kid because legit 6'2", 180, 185 pounds. He had like a 60-yard play where he just outran everybody on Monarch's defense, and they got a pretty good group. He's an explosive player on the outside that makes things happen whenever the ball gets in his hand. Um, and listen, when you look at that defensive backfield, which is headlined by Hilton Stubbs, uh, top 10 safety in that 2025 class, we we actually have an interview on the Keynes County website. you guys go check that out, He talked about that Miami relationship, and it's something to watch for because he did say Miami is a top five team for him uh, going into his senior year. Uh, So I'm excited to see what the development there is. He he is a raw Miami uh, seven-on-seven player. Uh, So, you know, I I think that Miami's got a good chance there. His brother is a walk-on player at Florida State. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that, but I don't think that would be a deal-breaker in his recruitment. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be a matter of who turns over the ball less. Tremel Jones is a FSU commit, the Mandarin's quarterback. And then you do have Alberto Mendoza, uh, who's one of the best players in the state, in my opinion, in that 2024 class. So going to be a fun matchup. I do think Columbus ends up pulling it out, finishing the South Florida sweep. And it's going to be a, another year of South Florida dominance.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I certainly think Shaman is going to win Northern. I, I think he's going to win for sure. And um, you know, uh, obviously there will be a South Florida champion in Homestead and St. Thomas. Uh, I do think Homestead does have a legit chance uh, here to pull off uh, the upset. And then, and then Columbus, I think is the toughest matchup hoping for the best there. That's going to wrap it up for the, storm tracker podcast at the crib uh me and frank we are you know steadily working on producing more and more articles on canescounty.com part of the rivals.com network make sure you subscribe to the website use the promo code miami30 also subscribe to this podcast as well live from canes county and also check out the podcast on all platforms until the next episode